welcome, welcome once more, once more, yet again, to the show known as Punch Up Your Life, where a guest comes in and they pitch me their life as if it's a big-budget blockbuster Hollywood film, and then I, your fearless uh, and ridiculously handsome host, Andrew Lazat, it's it's the radio, you don't know, you don't have to know, um, I, you know, probe the narrative of of both the script and and the psychology behind it and i say such deep things as hey how come why that and huh and let me tell you this is a a deep episode man a lot of a lot of huh a lot of question mark noises maybe an exclamation mark or a gasp um but to be real for a second uh, we, we, we're going to talk a lot about clinical depression and, and a bunch of that stuff. So just be ready for it. And, um, I think the guests and I are pretty respectful, but just in case know that, you know, it, it's, it's hard lived. We both, we, there's a lot of stuff there. This, this person is actually one of my go-to people to check in with when I am going through it. Uh, he's just a rock Ryan Sheedy, we met during Second City Conservatory, and uh, just a great actor, very funny. Uh, one of those improvisers that's also just really good at rap and singing, which scares me to death. It's like a real fear because it's such emotional vulnerability. Um, and, you know, we can dissect what that says about me and how my therapy is going. That'll, that that might be like an after feature that Matt and I do, because this is going to be the last episode for a little bit. We're taking kind of a break because uh, life just happened. Matt and I's life changed separately together as a unit. I started a new job. I changed meds, all kinds of stuff. So uh, we're just going to take a little bit of time to get... Uh, a couple more episodes in the bank so you know we can give you the stability you deserve and I'm just trying to think if I have anything else to say about that other than you're welcome be patient I would do the same for you you know let's just look at this with loving empathy and uh, no it's not this is actually we have a lot of fun this is a pretty silly one actually and uh you know, I'm sure it, it hits all the buttons. This is a good one to end on. There's probably plenty of like check-ins with Matt too. All the stuff you guys love. So without further ado, let's listen to Ryan Sheedy punch up his life. And uh, we both have our coffee mugs with phrases on them. Hell yeah. Don't. This is someone else's mug that I borrowed. I'm not You're a, a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm more of a Raven's Claw. Okay, okay. We but can work with that. Don't spread that around. And uh, yeah, I think the last time he saw me, I might have been 30 pounds heavier from stress. Mm-hmm. Just yep. con. I like to do that. I like to just invite people on the podcast to tell them how much better I'm doing to fix their last impression of me. Honestly, my last impression of you is great. 
So if you're doing better, I'm just power to you. Like, I, I think you're maybe among the minority of people who have come out the other side, like doing <laughs> it all right. So good for you, man. Oh, that's good. Because next week is the first girl I ever kissed. And it's just an hour of me explaining I'm better at it now. I swear. Oh, yeah. That's very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> so is the goal to like, are you reaching out to somebody specifically or just like general knowledge of letting I mean, people know that you're I, better now? I was starting to do a bit, but now I'm like, I should really, I wonder what happened to her. Mm. She should know. Yeah, this is important. I'm sure this has impacted a lot of her life. The technique is improved. You know what? So I'm working. <laughs> I'm uh, since the pandemic, I'm going to skip over what I do for work right now. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I'm working for a guy who I used to go to high school with. Mm-hmm. And there's like a subconscious fear in the back of my mind that, um, you know, if uh, if I screw this up, he's going to tell every girl I had a crush on that I'm terrible. In high school? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he's still like he's still lurking way. around trying to ruin your life. I don't know. I just know that he has that power and I don't know that I like that power. It's it's the it's the the therapy like the inner child work. It's what what young teenage me is still afraid of, even though it makes oh, no okay. sense. I mean, Andrew, I know that you said that you were doing better, but, but the longer we chat, the less I know how true that is. <laughs> well, there's there's you know that's the thing about therapy is you know you get better, but you also have to know exactly what happened and how bad it is mm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to get worse and then get better. Like little two two steps forward, one step back kind of deal. Yeah. You you seem you seem great though. Great mug, okay. great hair. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Great, um uh, it's uh it's longer now. Um <laughs> I uh yeah, I had to shave uh because I was a dead body on Monday. Uh it was the most chill acting job I've ever had, like literally lay under a sheet or on like a metal table in like a, a, a mortuary. Is that is that the morgue? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it was the person who preps dead bodies. And um, uh, I was the body double. So like, I didn't even have to act like I just oh. lay there. It was so relaxing that I was like, Oh, man, is this what I'm missing out on? Like, <laughs> by remaining alive like i don't know it was a dark thought that crossed my mind but i was just like holy shit yeah these dead bodies got it pretty good like just chilling was it murder was it natural cause like did you have a character backstory in mind uh it was it was a docudrama so it was based off of uh, an unfortunate real story um during the pandemic um and somebody who overdosed on fentanyl um, oh so, no! Yeah, I mean, not not the light, not the lightest of of stories, but um, you know, it ends happy, so that's good. Um, I mean, not happy, like he doesn't come back to life, not that happy, but um, you know, like resolved. Now, listener, you're you're gonna note like, wow, Andrew, you got into like the therapy side of things real early on this one, mm-hmm. but it it kind of fits the. Uh, the theme of what we're here to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, which do you want to say the thing or should I? Can you say the thing? The log line? Yeah. You just put it so succinctly and beautifully and you're a much better writer than I am. So I, I'd love if you would do the honors. The height of depression in the middle of 
uh, epically spiraling out from a series of melancholy events, Ryan still has to make rent the only way he knows how. Birthday clown. Will Ryan be able to get out from under his own emotional boulder and not scar a generation of children? I, oh I hadn't God. looked at that in a while. I'm like, no, that, that, good job, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome when you do your past, your, your future self a solid? You're just like, yeah, I set you up. Right? <laughs> I feel that way every time I set an alarm clock in the morning. I'm like, you know what? Good. I did need to get up that early. Mm -hmm. I would have been Mm -hmm. late. So um, I guess, how do you want to get into this? I'm like, what, how, how do you want to use depression in this film? Is depression a character? Oh man. Is it, is it the, the camera itself? Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've seen, I feel like it's been done a few times where like the, the a mental illness manifests itself as like a real entity um and like to varying degrees of success um so maybe we could even just keep it as like um just the 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 character struggle because i think like to juxtapose i mean having gone through it to juxtapose the the joy of a child's birthday and a party at that um with <laughs> the crushing depression of the performer who's there uh to me like even at the time i was like i know i'm gonna laugh about this later <laughs> but right now this is not this is not it this sucks 100 percent um so what is what is a depression routine look like at this time for you what was your your daily routine oh my god um so my daily routine was not set in stone uh, because at this time I was in university and I was doing this on the weekend. Um, So these were just like on call gigs. So the process of getting a gig would be like this person reaching out and just being like, Hey, do you want to work this party? It's for this many kids of this age. And they want one of whatever a few select parties were that they offered, um, which were superhero pirate regular clown and then every once in a while you'd get a weird special one like i did one star wars party which was just absolutely nuts like they rented their own costume and were like okay change the activities that you'd usually do to be star wars themed and i was like all right i'll make this tag star wars tag like you know just like totally hack like trying not to invest too much time into that gig because i just didn't have the energy no Um, i've I've done that for paw patrol because like mm. when i was teaching at a kids theater occasionally you would get booked for birthday parties Mm-hmm. It's just a convenient bit. And yeah, Paw Patrol tag. Yeah. Like you just you just change the rules slightly and it's a totally different different game. Kids have no idea. Right. Oh, but if you get those names wrong. Yeah, you get, you get those names name wrong. wrong. I also oh just God. like the idea of regular clown party. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's just a weird thing to say. Yeah, it was basically just me wearing like weird suspenders and a clown nose and like funky glasses and being like, all right, let's play some games and do some balloon animals, everybody. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, we'll get back to that. But like, Mm -hmm. what, what does depression look like for you? Is it like not washing? Is it only eating cereal? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, 
the the blackout curtains 24-7 radio head on play. Yeah, I would say definitely a lot of sad music. Like that was definitely a go-to. Um, but like for for a long time, um, it was like I was very depressed, but then it would just manifest in immense anxiety before these parties and like before even accepting the gigs. Um, so that was that was a big part of it was just feeling so anxious um, because everybody's going to know how sad I am. I have to pretend to be happy. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like I would say like sad, sad music is a big one. Um, but I was always pretty functional. Um, maybe less so now, like I've kind of let myself just settle into those times and like ride it out. But I just had too much on the go and kept myself very busy, probably to distract from those things, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, because I have this problem too, is I'm a little bit too high functioning. Who mm-hmm. was there a rock bottom moment? Oh my God. A rock bottom moment. Um, I don't know if it was just one party, but there's definitely a few parties where beforehand I was dressed up as like a superhero or a pirate and was just like bawling my eyes out before this, but like listening to Eminem, like trying to get myself really hyped up to like go out. So I'm like dressed as a superhero, like blaring, lose yourself in my car before this gig, like just praying nobody sees me and just like, okay, okay, you got to do this. It's just going to be an hour. It could be a long hour, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Did, did you have a mentor or an Obi-Wan Kenobi in all this? I was just like, Hey, Chidi is really depressed right now. Mm. I better give him this job just to, help out or get him out of bed or it was interesting because the the job was a source of anxiety and i think it came from like a really nice place like my friend wanted to help out uh, my my buddy matt um, was leaving he was moving to toronto at the time Uh, we were living in calgary and um, he wanted me to have a performing job and thought it would be good for for me but also you know didn't want to leave his uh, employer in a lurch so he said hey why don't you come along tag on for some of these parties and shadow and um learn the ropes of birthday parties uh so i tried to learn some close-up magic and some balloon animals and uh organize some games and uh yeah then he like we did a couple parties together and then he was gone so i just was on my own uh so he was like uh a very it was a very well-intentioned like i'm gonna set you up with this gig because it was very lucrative for him um but for me it was uh, a source of dread and stress <laughs> oh wow was it his own business or were you just part of like a call agency yeah it was basically an agency uh, i think it was just one person that ran this whole thing and what were they like as a person I mean, they were they were kind uh, to to an extent, Uh, you know, obviously these people want you to say yes to every party because it it makes them money. Um, But like there were times where it'd be like, hey, do you want to do a two hour party for four to seven year olds? Uh, There's going to be 35 of them. (laughs) 
And I just sit there and be like, I don't think that I can do this mentally, physically, emotionally. I just cannot handle possibly ruining this child's birthday. Oh my goodness. Okay. So at this time, were you acknowledging that you were depressed? Did you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew for sure. And I'd started to to go to therapy and stuff for it because I was just like, oh, my gosh, my brain is gunked up. It feels like it's not working properly. I'm very sad. And in turn, I'm very anxious about going to do these things uh, because on the face of it, like you're performing. So it seems great like i get to use that sort of improv skill um the love of performing and i really enjoyed working with kids so um that was on paper excellent and in reality very terrifying oh my goodness so okay so if i were to break this down into and let me know if there are other locations there's Mm -hmm. the the scene of the crime your depressed dormitory or room apartment there's actually uh at the birthday parties and there's in your therapist's office yep yep 100 percent. and i think like a crucial bit of it is because there's nowhere to change once you're there and you need to maintain the illusion like it was always a car ride over in costume like always (laughs) that's it's pretty great. You would get some looks like every once in a while you'd be at a light and somebody would turn around and be like, what are you? What are you? Why are you like this? Why are you wearing a morph suit in traffic? So, okay. So what are, what are the other, if, if at home is depression, uh, what is, what is the party? uh scenario look like or the however you want to start party or therapy the party is like all of the kids are super excited but it's chaotic and so as soon as you start there would be like a story like you would tell your character's kind of story uh which i just made up Mm -hmm. uh and it would be like the kids are there to varying levels of engagement and attention depending on their age. Um, and the parents are in the back, like oftentimes like arms folded, like who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy that's entertaining our children right now? Are they normal? Are they okay? Are they a bad person? I don't know, but we've hired them. So <laughs> let's keep an eye on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was always some group games some close-up magic and balloon animals. I feel hurt that I've known you this long and have not seen close-up magic or balloon animals. It's, I was, spoiler alert, I was not good. I was not good. I, like, did the tricks. But the thing is, you can do them in, like, 30 seconds. Like, once you know how it works, it's easy. It's all about the, like, the, the finessing of, like, oh, my hand's over here, but I'm doing something over here. Or, like, there's no prestige to these magic tricks. Right. <laughs> it's it's literally like you could do them in, in, in almost 10 seconds, some of them. Um, and balloon animals, like, 
Yeah, not good either. I did I did try my best to learn, but like I went to a balloon only gig one time with this guy named Jay and he I saw a kid request Elsa from Frozen and he was like, "Okay, no problem." And he pulled out like the equivalent of like a fishing tackle box. Like it might have been a fishing tackle box, but just with balloons in it of different colors and sizes and he made Elsa from Frozen and it looked legit. And I remember kids being like, I want one of those. And I was like, I am sorry. I can't. I can do a dog or a monkey, but I, I just, I don't have the skill. Like, and I will not fool you. So you would start to get partnered up with different people too, depending on the gig. Only for the balloon gigs, only for the balloon gigs, because they were legit Those They would like build like balloon arches for like people's weddings and like installation art. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did that, did that help your depression to just watch other people balloon thriving? Just, I, I honestly think it made me more depressed because I was just like, wow, I fucking suck at this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just like, it made me realize like, I thought I was average, but I'm not even mid-level. I'm not even mediocre. I am bad at this. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. Well, I, I mean, there has to be a reason why Matt thought that you could do this. I think because, like, working with kids, I'm good at, and, like, the games and stuff. So, like, everything up to balloons was mostly fine. And honestly, balloons mostly went okay, because if it was a pirate party, whoever... Whoever the first kid is, whatever they get, everyone else wants. So you just pray that it's something easy, like a balloon sword can crank out like two of those, two of those a minute, like no problem. So if it's a balloon sword, that's awesome. But if it's something complicated, you're hooped. Yeah. No, it's great. It's and and something I know from pretending to be a pirate at a different gig you just have to convince the you don't have to convince the parents mm-hmm. that they're having fun. You have to convince the kids and then the yep. kids will bother the parents as much as need be. Yep. So I don't know. Uh, I want to get into confrontations with the parents, but also like, what's the therapist? Like, what's that vibe going? It's like a character for the film. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I had two, so I think probably I'm going to pick the worst of the two because they're both kind of like, this is at the university. So this is, they're both students. Yep. Um, and like, I don't know if anybody out there who's listening has ever had a student therapist. Um, but I'm, I'm like, so, so on whether or not that should be allowed. Like <laughs> it's such a delicate thing. And I know that people need to learn and I appreciate that, but it's just like, like imagine someone learning the ropes on your brain. <laughs> it just doesn't quite sit right. You know what I mean? Um, so like just long periods of silence, like too long. Like, you know, when you're quiet in therapy and then they kind of like poke you and they're like, hey, like, why don't we move the conversation in this direction? It seems like you're maybe a little stuck or like in your head or whatever. Um, but like this therapist would just leave things. Like indefinitely, like almost until I said something. I don't know if that's a legitimate strategy for therapy, but I was just like, oh, my God, like, please say something. (laughs) 
Is it just intense eye contact too, or? I mean, certainly not on my part. I would be like staring at the floor or anywhere, but like that, yeah, I, oh God, it gives me shivers just to think about it. Even just a, like, a, a, why did they write that part down kind of a thing? Trying to yeah. get a look at their, their pad, any of that? Yeah, like, and the the because it was student therapy, they would record themselves doing it. Like, you were never recorded as the subject, but they would record the session and just, like, have themselves on camera. So I can't imagine it was very informative for some of the sessions because this person is just sitting there in silence, like, watching that back. Oh, man. I mean, anybody who watches themselves on tape knows how painful it is, but watching yourself be a therapist back on tape, geez, Louise. Was oh yeah, that's painful. Did uh, I remember? I, I have two. When I first tried to start finding a therapist, one was I made a reference to Superman in a non-grandiose mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and she said, "Who?" I'm like what? She didn't know who Superman was. Oh, she thought like Clark Kent was a real person in your life. N- no. No, no, no. It's just like as a reference point, she had never heard of Superman at all. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find some common ground with these people. They got to have something in common with you that you can need like at least a minute of riffing. Like I know that they're not really supposed to laugh at jokes, but just like to lower the defenses. It has right. to be done. You know, well, and part of it is just like, oh, I'll just make another analogy. And she's like, no, 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 wait, who is this superior man? And I'm like, that's no. mm. Please, let's not get hung up on this uh, person. Yeah. So I had <laughs> I definitely had a whole session about Superman. Oh god. <laughs> against my will. And then my yeah. other favorite was this woman came in and she's very tall. Mm. But she comes in and she goes like, "Hi, uh we spoke over the phone. My name's so and so and uh I just want to apologize for how tall I am off the bat." It's very what? tall. I know I don't sound tall over the phone, so it can be quite jarring for people to see how tall I am. And I'm like, how tall was she actually? Like 6'3". I feel like that's still not an apology height. Like, No, no it wasn't. I'll still give her the break and say she was tall, but what was great about that is I started to make her feel comfortable. Like, oh, that's okay. I mean, uh... I, I wish I was taller. And then she pulls out her notepad and pen, just like, and how long have you felt that way? I'm like, oh my no, God. Th- no, this is about you. <laughs> That's how she gets you. That's how she gets you. But I'm like, yeah, I still think about that. Like, did she judo flip my brain? Yeah. And, oh, oh, you got flipped a big time. Yeah. It's great. It's it great. Never again, but it was great. Oh, man. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, how- apologizing for how tall you are in advance of a session that's so wild to me and while you're talking about these superman things you're probably just like i'm paying for every moment of this god damn it i didn't pay for that one that one nice. i was still covered by blue cross from my parents oh, plan hell this is a very yeah. early days hell yeah you gotta hop on that parent plan when you can at the end of that too that that therapist said to me like you know when I met you, I didn't think you were going to have any real problems. It was just going to be like, I want an Xbox, but I didn't get an Xbox. But man, no, you got some real shit going on. That's kind of validating in a way. 
it is, but it's almost just like her admitting that she swang and she missed. Oh, like, uh, I didn't know how to fix it. Yeah. Uh, I hope she's doing good. Please. <laughs> Fine. Um, I never had a male therapist. I don't know what that is. It's not like a masseuse or something where they ask you, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't know. How was the other one? How's the second? Much better. Yeah. Still, much better. Um, Still a student, but like much better, much more like conversational and less like she was trying to like stare through me and see my brain while she was analyzing me. Um, yeah. And I, I I've since had like a psychiatrist who is just true. Maybe she's the best person to be the character in this movie because she is just buck wild. She's like 75. She doesn't listen to me. She is very good at like the medicine side of things, but sometimes she'd be like, how are you feeling? You're feeling better? Like, like a seven out of 10, like try to like get through the like mood log as quickly as possible. <laughs> and I'd just be like, um, not really. I'm, I'm actually doing pretty bad right now. And she'd be like, yeah. oh, so just like, like average. And I'm like, no, 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 that is not. Let me reiterate. I'm bad right now. <laughs> like just f- fully ignoring the words, you know, there is one uh, who wasn't a therapist. She was a counselor. Mm-hmm. But she was great. Um, she was ex Navy. Uh, and that just always stuck in my head. But there were some times where we would start the sessions with like, <sighs> I was in the you saw that I clearly booked this room and then Angela just tried to steal the room anyway. Like, what is that bullshit? What is up with Angela? And so like, just as our like getting into it, like settling in was always just like, what's Angela's deal this week? Oh, classic Angela. Like it was great. It was great though. Yeah. You get to spill a little tea. Mind flipping. I, I mean, if that's the strategy, go ahead, flip my mind. I don't care. Like, this yeah. is this is relaxing. This is soothing for me. Something familiar before we launch into my <laughs> deeply internalized trauma. Excellent. Perfect. Distract so, me. As you're talking to this uh, uh, rough around the edges, like, awkward therapist thing, mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. we, like, trying on new medications or anything like that? Or... Not at this time. Um, no, it was just like CBT strategies and trying to process some grief. And yeah, that's about it. Just like feeling real sad, going and opening up and feeling still sad and uh, just trying to get to the bottom of it. But it's not quite there yet, you know? Right. Like she was trying to make you OK with feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Maybe that was maybe that was the judo flip we learned along the way. So as far as clowning, did you uh, did you have character names? Like, did you have a clown name and a superhero name? And yeah, I think they were all Sherman. I don't remember why, but like it would be like Sherman the pirate and like Super Sherman. I'm pretty sure. I wish I had more. I honestly wish that I, that it wasn't a full stop, but I'm pretty sure it is. Like, I don't remember how it came about. Like, I think a friend was like, yeah, what about Sherman? And I was like, yeah, sounds good. I'll just pick something. 
the company wasn't just like whatever you do it has to be sherman you're a sherman no. i'm looking yeah. at your headshot right now <laughs> yeah uh it has to fit your face it must fit your face when people book you they need to know this is a sherman i mean i do it like i do enjoy the idea that the the casting agent or whatever is really trying to sell you Yeah, this whole just, idea of like, this is why you need to take this party. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids have industry parents. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. This is a big, this is a big birthday. They throw a big bash every year. This could be a great gig for you. <laughs> I did legitimately have little teaching things where I found out that some of my kids' parents were famous. I'm like, oh. I just shove a script in one of their backpacks or what? Yeah. But that's not going to work. Then they're just going to be like, oh, my son is uh, writing at a, a 12th grade level. Yeah, it's I don't think I ever really had that problem. Like some of them, I would walk in and be like, oh, you are well to do. Like, this is a nice house. You've got a pool. Wowie, like you're doing great. And I hope that I can come back next year. Yeah. But yeah, nothing. um Nothing that serious. Like I was never like, "Oh, sweet, this is Jerome Ginla's house," or like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, yeah." Also, too, whenever I'd been to those houses, their dog is always huge. Like I could mm-hmm. ride their dog. I yeah. don't. I respect the dog, but I could. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if there was ever really pets at any of those houses that I can remember. I feel like. Yeah, as far as having some sort of disguise on your face and then interacting with pets, usually that's a recipe for like a big freak out. Um, but nothing nothing too drastic. So I'm, I'm going to get into the minutia of it now. Like okay. any confrontations with parents, any accidental like you burned something or spilled something, like knocked over a Fabergé egg. I never like messed up that badly. Aside from just being like, these parents know that this is bullshit. Like that standing in the back being like, oh my God, what is this guy's problem? Like, what is he doing? Um, Although one time when we were playing tag, this is maybe the one mess up. Like not exactly my fault, but I was panicked because the younger sibling of the birthday child, we were playing like a tag game and they fully ran into the playground set and just like smoked their head. Um, and it was right at the end too. So I was like, oh God, this is going to put a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Uh, you really clocked yourself. Good kid was okay. But yeah, like the whole waterworks tears wailing, just not a great way to cap things off. You know, not a great way to be like, Hey, I'm on my way out. Um, (laughs) I'll see you next year. And, um, when the, the kid subtext. wakes up, he'll see that my card is in his pocket. Yeah. And yeah, it's not it's not the great greatest situation to sit around and like politely wait for a, a potential tip, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. There was another parent who off, fully offered me alcohol as a pirate. He was like, oh, does the pirate want some rum? And I was like, are you joking? Yeah. I drove here. I'm also a strange person just that you don't know at all. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad that you're invested in the whole character bit. Like that's fun. 
it was always kids parties though right there were like i need you to dress as a pirate but for a funeral yeah it'd be like the worst to do that for an adult because i think everybody sees somebody dressed up as a character and immediately thinking stripper and that is just a crushing disappointment you know to walk in and be like oh they all think that i'm a stripper but i'm here to do close-up magic (laughs) i'm gonna ruin your evening (laughs) did um so what was if if you had a goal for this film like Mm -hmm. what what do you think your character wants or is the uh yeah i think at the time i just i just wanted to make it through these parties unscathed but like i think for for a, a film like there's got to be some sort of resolution. Like there's got to be a kid whose birthday is made better by this clown. Like they have to experience success because they are feeling very, very shitty. And so without that, like, it's just, it's just going to be sad for, for 90 minutes. You know, it's, it's just going to be too sad. He's got to win, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's normally in these types of movies, it would throw in like a love interest where like suddenly mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. like hitting it off with the like <laughs> the divorced mom that's also oh like yeah a little bit on the edge, or you're picking up vibes from your therapist, which is super unethical, but it does happen in film a lot. Oh yeah, I think like. For these purposes, it would be so much more likely to have interacted with somebody in that way at one of the parties. Like, uh, yeah, I can totally see that happening. Um, you know, there's times where they would be like, if you want to stick around for cake or like snacks or stuff, you're welcome to. But it was always like, hey, if you want to do more for free, like have have at her. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that kind of vibe. But like there's totally... There's st- because at this time I was also like, it, not like it wasn't super fresh, but like fresh enough from my first breakup uh, with my first like long term girlfriend that, yeah, this is still like a part of that sort of hurt. Um, so like just seeing all like also just trying to navigate that situation in like the most unappealing get up. Like, again, going back to the morph suit, like has anybody ever looked attractive in a morph suit? Absolutely not. Has anybody ever been like a really hot pirate? Maybe, but not me. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Do, I mean, and we can cut out whatever part of this you want, but uh, so would you say it's the, the first major breakup that caused the depression? Um, no, it wasn't that, um, I experienced like a series of, uh, of friends passing away in close succession. Um, and they were all quite sudden. So that was like the major inciting event of feeling super shit, uh, for some time. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that. I, what I'm thinking of is. Uh, there is a time in my life when, yeah, I had five major deaths mm-hmm. succinct, like all in a month. Yeah. And That'll a breakup. Oh yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> and a buddy of mine took me on a trip 
a, a work trip and I had to do basically like talk show hosts, like uh, bits on the street mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. while just going through the worst depression of my life and yeah. trying to get people to like play along with these bit games and stuff we had come up with. And, uh, Oh, he never used that footage. God yeah. bless him. But it just looked like a train wreck. I can imagine that it's a very similar feeling to all of this clown business because yeah, it's just like, you know that you're not selling it in the moment. You're just like, Oh God. Like if you have even the, like the least bit of doubt in that situation, you're approaching people on the street or you're, you're with kid. Like they can just sense it. They can just sense it. They're like, you're not confident in this bit. What's and happening. You're selling fun. Yeah. But you're and not you're- selling fun. Yep. Yeah, you're selling fun at your arguably least fun point in your life. And then I think I got a lot of like pity walk ups too. They're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll, I'll help out with your game, man. I'm like, this is making it worse. This yeah. is compounding it. Yeah, people are not enjoying you <laughs> feeling bad for me. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a problem with kids, man. They don't give a shit. They don't care. They're not. They, I mean, it's not that they don't care. It's just that they're not sensitive in that way there's no pity laughter from children they're just like this is boring (laughs) yeah and that's it if you lose them they're gone those are also hard heckles to come back from too because it's not it's just a statement of fact (laughs) yeah it's just i don't like this it's much more succinct it's not like a a shit sandwich that you get from an adult where they're like okay you're doing a great job but we really need to talk about you being late to work it's like them just stating, I hate this, you're bad. Or sometimes, you know, ruining the trick of the magic. <laughs> that happened a couple times. So in case of the film, like, how much would you like to allude to this, like, series of things? Um, Yeah, I think it can be implied. I mean, it's, I think ultimately the, the effects of it are the main, the main plot. Like just this person's experience with grief and with depression, um, you know, it was a major, it was a major part of my life, but I don't, um, yeah, for the purposes of the film, I think we can, we can imply it. We can have something happen at the beginning that shows, you know, this process. Just a lot of funerals. Honestly, that's what it was. It was a lot of funerals and, uh, God, I don't wish that on anybody. Just not a nice time. Yeah, no, but it like. I had a friend once during this same period of a lot of funerals comment to me like, oh, you're wearing the same suit. And like, how many funeral suits do I yeah. have? Yeah, hopefully just one. Um, But again, we can. That's easier to allude to because we can see different chunks of it Mm -hmm. throughout time. But Mm -hmm. do you think in the film that the therapist is bad or that you're just not ready to listen to the therapist until you are? I think that either are possible but yeah i would say that for these purposes there was no concrete 
strategies. It was just like talk therapy minus the talk. Yeah. You know, like just kind of sitting there for a good chunk of it. Um, yeah. Did we already say what your like rock bottom kind of was in the, you know, with this? Yeah, the rock bottom was definitely like the amping up of like pre party, uh, like listening to music, trying to get myself hyped up. Like, you know, maybe I like I'm pretty sure I did parties throughout the summer, too. So like on the sunniest day in July, like it's beautiful out. It's like immaculate weather. Everything's green and just being like so sad and like trying to like rock back and forth and like get myself psyched up to do this kid's birthday party and and failing and like just crying. (laughs) Yeah. And you can also just show based on costume, you know, we can tell at the therapist's office or wherever, like, I'd like us to just mix and match over like your dress mm-hmm. is a clown. You're a pirate. You're a, yeah. In your funeral outfit. You're a, yeah. Yeah. I honestly wish that I could go straight from some of those gigs to a session. Like it would have been very helpful to yeah. unpack some of them <laughs> at therapy for real. Did you ever, like, I want to see a scene of you, like, giving maybe not bad advice, but, like, hard life advice to a kid that didn't ask for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I've had, I've tried to make this funny so many times. Um, and, like, I think it's maybe too dark to be funny, but it's crazy how many things in those parties can just, like, remind you of the loss that you've experienced like a balloon animal pops and a kid's like well i guess he's dead or like something disappearing in a magic trick and you're just like oh god this is too soon (laughs) um so yeah it's it's very much like trying to distract yourself from any of those sort of like things that are too heavy um and you know kids don't have that filter either so it's unsurprised. Like when I worked at the science center, kids would ask about death all the time. They would like, we had body worlds exhibits and they would be like, Oh, so these people are dead and you have to have that conversation with a very young child. So like, yeah, they're, they're not, they don't have the same filter. So yeah, definitely there's scenes in this movie navigating that kind of discussion. Did it flip? Did, uh, did the kids like give you some harsh advice that maybe you needed to hear? Yeah. Yeah. Inevitably they say something that gives you pause and you're like, yeah, I am sad. Or like, (laughs) like they would just walk up to you and just very matter of factly be like, why is this, why is this clown crying? (laughs) Like never, never to that extent in an actual party, but I could totally see that in this movie. Like him just trying to sneak away for a second after something having made him tear up and then having to recover from it, like in the moment. Did did you want to cheer up, like, in the middle of this? Like, in the middle of depression, like, did you want to get better? I don't know. I don't think I had, the like, the tools or the circumstances to really push myself to get better in that, in that significant way because, like, a part of it was, I was still in school for a degree that I didn't really want to do. I was doing this job that I hated. 
you know, my living situation, not great. So there's a lot of the circumstance that is just not ideal. And then you pile on these like quick one, two, three rapid punches of grief. And um, I think, yeah, at a certain point, you're just kind of like, oh, well, you know, the hits keep coming and they don't stop coming. So I'm just going <laughs> to just going to hang out here for a little while. different as you get older. It really does. That song yeah. is the Hamlet of pop music. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's deeper than people think, you know, shout out what to Smash was, Mouth. Uh, what was the degree that you didn't want? And what was the um, uh, bad living situation? Um, I was so I was living at home at the time um, and it's I love my family dearly, but we have a much better relationship now that uh, we're not in each other's faces all the time. Uh, I had a basement room with no door. Uh, you know, this is a family who is like, while I'm going for my Bachelor of Commerce degree, which is the one that I didn't want. Um, they're like, why are you trying to be a clown? Like, what are you doing? So I'd be like practicing making balloon animals downstairs and like popping balloons and squeaking them. And they're just like, what's wrong with you, man? Like you're going to get a stable degree. You're setting yourself up for your future. What is happening? And you're just kind of like, I'm just trying to do something that'll make me happy. And I don't know what that thing is yet. I got to try. I got to try something. What is what is a, a, a degree of commerce get you like banking um it really depends like they had everything from like petroleum accounting being in calgary alberta to operations management which is what i took marketing uh international commerce so i mean really quite broad you know you can set yourself up for accounting or working at a creative firm or whatever. I'm going to go with the oil. I'm going to say one of your parents is dressed up like an old timey oil tycoon. Yeah. yeah. 100%. My dad did work in, in oil and gas for quite a time. So that's not far off. It's a real like Daniel Day Lewis and there will be blood. You're like, you're an oil <laughs> man. Yeah. I drink your sadness. I drink it up. <laughs> See, that's that's great. That's extra leverage to it. Um, what what made you want to cheer up? What started to like break through? Uh, when I decided to move uh, to Toronto is when I, I think I started to really pursue things actively that made me happy and to like, you know, more intentionally build my life the way that I wanted it to be or build towards the way that I wanted it to be. Um, I don't know. I think, I think at a certain point, every young adult feels like they're not content with the way that their life has been spelled out for them. Like I really hated the idea that everything was kind of set in stone. Like there was this track that I was on. Um, so I wanted to mix it up and I think that's, yeah, like, um, part of what gave me the opportunity to, to really pursue those more creative interests. And did one of the children tell you that? Yeah. Yeah, they did. For the purposes of this this movie, yeah, they for sure did. Uh, for real, back when this was happening, I was also teaching kids, yeah. going through the worst depression of my life. And there was, there's two moments that stand up to me where 
I just had to give this kid was so depressed. Uh, he didn't want to play a pirate, but without giving too much away, the pirate, it was not about being a pirate. It was shout out to parents. Uh, your kids tell us the most intimate secrets of your life because oh, yeah. they don't know that they're secrets. And yeah. so I just knew a bunch of home life stuff. And I had to like try and like pep talk, cheer this kid up and make him believe in like, you know, tomorrow will be another day. And it's mm-hmm. while I'm in the middle of like, I don't believe what I'm saying, but I believe it for this child. And it was mm-hmm. just like, I was breaking up on reentry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I did it. I'm like, do you feel like I must have looked crazy at that point? I'm just like, you feel better now? He's like, I think I feel better. Like, mm-hmm. okay, good. I'm going to go yeah. just sit in the break room for a while. Yeah. Just, but yeah, you're really privy to a lot of information that kids will just share with you when you're around them. Like they really don't hold back. It's going goes back to that no filter thing. Like they'll just they'll just spill the beans about their family situation. No no problem. Well, and it's sort of weird because they're not smart, but they're so emotionally perceptive. Mm-hmm. But they don't know how to process it yet, which just comes out as facts, really yep. insightful facts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like. The other thing I had to do one time was just because uh, um, I, I, you know, I did an emotional check in with the kids every time and I would have to be like, hey, guys, what's something you do to cheer yourself up when you're feeling sad? Mm-hmm. Like trying not to project out. But there was one girl who she was going through a really hard time because her mom had just died. Oh, my God. And she said, I look in the mirror and I make silly faces till I feel a little bit better. And then she said, you should do that too. I have a feeling if you grew facial hair, it would make your face look extra silly and it would help. And to this day, like the facial hair you see before you is I grew that to make her feel better. But also- The silly faces in the mirror thing really works. Isn't it such a read too? when the kids are like, I have a feeling you need to be cheered up. Why don't you grow facial hair? Because it's stupid and you'll look stupid and that will make you happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then my therapist doubled down on it when I told her that just like, yeah, you grow stupid facial hair and you'll realize no one cares. And you'll just start to relax about more stuff. Like, oh my God, the kid mind flipped me. That's another judo flip, man. So yeah, in your mind, is there a specific moment where you're just like, was there a specific moment that was just like, I have to get out of here? Out of the city? Out of your parents' basement, out of this weird relationship with your therapist or yeah yeah um i think like because this took place over the course of a f- like a several months maybe to a year um and i like i decided to go traveling after this um which in turn kind of propelled me towards toronto um and that's that's i just decided to leave 
um, you know, and, and do something exciting. Um, that's, that's the big, the big leap that I ended up taking. I don't think you and I moved here in the same year, but it sounds like we moved in it for the exact same reason. Oh yeah, for sure. We have the same life. Uh, does it, uh, I mean, I, I want, I want all those classic resolution scenes. I want also, I just like the idea of you being that depressed and having that much access to cake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just fun and also what needed to happen. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, too. It's like a comfort eat, but then, you know, it really it is a slippery slope. Like, when you have that much access to cake, it's too much of a good thing, you know? You really just, like, past a certain point, it's just a... It's just a reminder of all those parties again. <laughs> it's good. It's a good comfort eat, but yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful. Do you eat cake now, or is cake just like never again? Oh, cake is great, but like, yeah, balloon animals. I have a like adverse reaction to <laughs> I, I, which I'm not alone. Matt also he cannot. He really hates it. He really hates balloons, and I don't know if it's specifically because of the gigs, but I have an I have an inkling that it is. Yeah, he's never really opened up about it, which, you know, just leads me to believe it's it's still about those parties. I I yeah, I want I want one scene where I mean with with, with your dad, the Texas oil baron, it's going to be a real like Friday night like I don't want your life kind of a yeah. thing. Oh hell yeah. Uh, with your therapist, it's going to be a goodwill hunting sort mm-hmm. of like she flips the page around. It was just like, I think I just need to believe in myself. And then she flips the page around, like, believe in yourself. And mm-hmm. so it's like, mm-hmm. I've done a like, or you get uncomfortable in the silence. Yeah. Yeah. And become a mime because that's the next. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different ways that could go. Like, just having having that one outburst, you know, like, I'm I'm tired of not saying anything. So I'm going to say I'm going to lay it all out on the table. Here's everything that's on my mind. Like you're you're not helping me at all. I don't know if if I would be that mean cuz I was just so sad, but yeah, it I mean definitely I, that thought had crossed my mind too. Um and I definitely think that like you need to have a moment with a kid where you're just like, this is how life's really going to treat you, man. Oh my God. Yeah. To be that guy, just like stinking of booze and like, (laughs) why does this clown smell like cigarettes? You get my age. There's no cake anymore. Get your cake now. (laughs) I'd rather, I'd rather drink my calories, kid. I, uh, (laughs) but then that it's sort of like a bad Santa way you're going to spend the rest of the film making it up to that kid and also maybe having a side thing with the mom. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as, uh, you, uh, you go to leave, she's like, I'm not into it unless you're dressed as a clown. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the end. And him just being flabbergasted. Like, what do you mean? I am infinitely more attractive when I'm not wearing what I'm wearing right now. I don't understand. (laughs) but you still have a clown nose on just like quit teasing me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Still with the clown nose on for sure. 
yeah, having a, having a difficult conversation while wearing a piece of that clothing is definitely a scene that needs to be in this movie. One hundred percent. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially while I mean, maybe that's the first hookup scene. That's the like cutaway sex scene. Is you're having a real conversation about feelings as you're getting undressed as a clown. No, leave it on. <laughs> leave the big shoes on. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Our Miharties. Lots of pirate booty references. I don't know. So what do you want the audience thinking about on their way home? On the way home, I want them to be thinking about um, how to be how to be resilient, you know, how to show up for yourself, how to kind of like buckle down and make it through those tough times. Um, and like, I think at the core of it, like, even though it's so in like just like it was really heartbreaking because it's supposed to be this time of laughter and joy and of happiness that isn't because I think those moments make it a little bit harder. It's almost like when you're feeling really shitty and you see someone having a great time and you almost resent them for it because you're feeling so bad, but like to just recognize the absurdity of life, like how it always has the capacity to surprise and amaze you if you let it because even though this is so sad and so heartbreaking, it is truly amazing. It is truly yeah. amazing to be in this situation where this is happening at this given time. Like kind of like a, like life is a cosmic comedy. Well, and it's also, I like the idea of you're sad, but the kids like where you can't do the heavy lifting, the kids kind of carry you and like, mm -hmm. would you like to play freeze tag now? Like, yeah. 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 100%. Like they lift you up. You're not able to like do it for yourself, but you can always do it for the kids. Like it always ends up working, you know, um, despite the struggles. Was there, I don't know, because it is good that you leave mm -hmm. in like a very goodwill hunting way. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there but I I still feel like for you to get to that place, you had to start getting better. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like a choice or something you decided to do. Yeah, I think like it could just be that one of the parties goes so well. That he feels like I don't need to do this anymore. Like I've reached the apex of what yeah. I'm going to be as this clown, you know, and like. I might not be here for next year's birthday. Like, yeah, I like the idea of like having gone back for a, a second year to one of these kids parties and then being like, well, I see you next year. And he's like, I sure hope not. Yeah. Um, or, or one of the, the kids being like, you need to know that you peaked. Yeah. Yeah. 100% being like, get out while you still can. Yeah. Mr. Clown Sherman leave <laughs> okay so uh oh also uh is there a a product that you would be okay selling your soul for that should just be interspersed throughout the film oh man like ssris <laughs> <laughs> um uh like yeah uh i think that's 
<laughs> that's definitely a candidate. But um, I I would say just like like a a comfort like a weighted blanket. You know, like this is something that he like like he tries to like like chill out in in this zone and like forget in his depression cave. Um, you know, like what what's happening and how sad he is, but like like ends up piling a bunch of blankets on himself and like eventually invests in a weighted blanket with some of his hard won earnings from these parties and then just like like the I, I don't know, there's something funny to me about being like, I want a weighted blanket so heavy it'll just crush me. It should also at some point you're using as the cape for your superhero costume. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just so you can wrap yourself backwards. in the downtime. Yeah. One hundred percent through. He's just swinging it around like and it's trailing behind him and like smoking kids and like <laughs> knocking them over. Um, okay, so like in your mind, let's just talk our way through the 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 actual trailer of this. Mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. fill it with actual like sound effects and stuff like that. So I don't know, how do you how do you see this opening? I feel like it has to open with like a like clips of the of the funerals. Like it's just like it's the him in the same suit looking sad and like jump cuts in between like three or four different funerals in a row. And then he's there with one of his friends and he's just like, come on, let's let's cheer you up. So he's got he's got the jump cuts from the funeral, and then the friend who is the mentor, the Obi Wan Kenobi, is like, "Let's go." You know, hey buddy, you know, like he he screwed over for a gig or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see you piled under blankets, just not the movie. Like, you know, I this you want to go to a party? It's gonna be mm-hmm. this really killer party that everyone is gonna want you to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. They're going to be so happy to see you. You also, if you could just work the boombox for me. Oh my god! I do this thing real quick. Yeah, you want to make a quick, quick fifty bucks? And it should pile between, um, like shots of you looking sad at the funeral, and then jump to the same shots, but you're dressed as a clown, and there are children screaming instead of people crying. Yeah, one hundred percent exactly what it is yeah he's like he's like walking up to like the ashes or the casket and like looks down but then it's like cuts to him like looking down at a child while he's doing a balloon and uh it cuts to you in therapy with a with your doctor being like i want to get you comfortable with silence and then you can go say something like, shut up. Yeah. Shh, shut up. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly what it felt like. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, this is perfect so far. Okay, yeah. So we have the therapist. And then like it's it's like a quick shot of like them mentoring, and then like another shot of him in the car before a gig alone, just being like, yeah (laughs) and listening to music and then it changes around when one of the kids is just like do you want to play tv freeze tag like 
okay. Yep. And yep. like, you just have a, it's almost like little rascals, I think, where you just, there's a series of children that teach you to be a better person or yep. that you were already a better person. Yeah. 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 It was the, the clown was in you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> there's gotta be a shot in there of like, them pulling up to a stoplight or like a stop sign and somebody being like just looking at them aghast mouth agape what like what is this person wearing why are they wearing it possibly also a shot of like you know you're listening to like in the club by 50 cent driving up to a house and just like turning off the ignition and it like cuts out and he's wearing like a clown outfit of some kind yeah (laughs) dry ice pouring out Oh my god. The car. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Um yeah, one of the kids is just like you don't have a bedtime. You can eat all the cake you want. There's no homework. Your life is awesome. And you kind of start like embracing it. And I see you like as the clown or the pirate being like, "My name is what was it? Sheldon? Sherman." Sherman, my name is Sherman. You've been a great artist. Good night. And just like, like you just did a rock show. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And one of the moms is just like, leave the big shoes on. Yeah. And then uh, I look to to her like, whoa, 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 whoa. uh, And you're in your, 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 your room in the basement and you're like working on like, You've got a bunch of rain, of uh, balloon swords, but you're trying to do the monkey. Mm-hmm. And then your mm-hmm. dad, who in my mind is just Yosemite Sam now, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. it's turned into. Yep. It's just like, what are you doing with your life? You're an oil man. You're... <laughs> yeah. And then he throws the weighted blanket on top of like this pile of balloons and it just crushes all of them. <laughs> That was a metaphor for my heart, Dad. Look what you just did to my heart. Um, and then, what was it, the height of depression? Yep. This is, like, it's a stereotype that Salisbury Hill is a, a, a song for most movie trailers, but I feel like this one really hits it home. Can you sing a little bit of Salisbury Hill? I'm like, I'm sure I've heard it, but I don't know. Um, up on Salisbury Hill. I can see the city lights. Yeah, kind of like an indie-ish rock vibe. It's um, what's that? Peter Gabriel. Okay, yeah. So I guess, actually, indie rock kind of fits for that. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be like a dramedy kind of feel. Yeah, I feel like you're really going to learn about yourself while learning to let others in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of those. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else, anything you would change or like to add? Anything that happened in the film that you like or happened in real life that you'd like to change for the film? Oh, my God. I think just like having one of those parties be a true joy where i walked out feeling like a rock star would be like such a wonderful historical alteration like that would just be so nice to watch on on camera is like wow this guy really did it i don't know if i ever really got that feeling doing those gigs yeah 
like the entire ice cream cake is melted and no one cares. Yeah, 100%. Just like like he can do no wrong. He goes over and he boots the cake and everybody cheers like nobody cares. I went out on a date once with a girl who drove the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Oh, nice. And it's not like she was devoted to Oscar Mayer. It was just like uh-huh. a vehicle. Best driver I've ever seen. I feel like you have to be. That's quite a quite a, a boat you're driving around, you know? No, but like we were on this date and she realized she made the wrong turn. And this was uh-huh. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she did a Tokyo drift across three lanes of oncoming traffic to loop around. And it's just like, never do that with me in a car again. But also, oh my God, I can't believe that you did that. Yeah, like something I would love to experience once, assuming it goes well. But uh, the yeah, that that is, I mean, you've got the visibility on your side. People know that you're coming. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, that's like... I don't know. It feels like <laughs> you never expect to meet the Oscar w- Meyer Wiener driver. They'd just be like, my life is a love song to speed. Yeah. Yeah. This but person totally just was. absolutely ripping around in a very phallic car. Like <laughs> just, just like pedal to the metal. That's what the Fast and Furious franchise is missing. If you ask me. Yeah. It's the one. Sure, they've gone to space, but have they gone to space in a wiener mobile? No, they need more wiener. <laughs> uh, they need more wiener. I, I think we have to end it on that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get any better than that. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I hope you had some kind of catharsis clown oh, yeah it was catharsis. great got to rewrite my life in a better more fun way that was awesome um yeah do you have anything that you want to promote uh come take a class at bad dog where uh, we're open to in-person and online classes so if you want to if you want to learn some comedy do some writing uh learn some improv please come take a class with us baddogtheater.com slash education uh, don't you have like rap albums out or anything else like that? We don't have rap albums out, um, but uh, we uh, we love a musical improv moment. We love some musical sketch. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, did you ever have to rap as a clown? Never had to rap as a clown. Thankfully. What a waste. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, it wasn't the most demanded skill by children. They weren't like, can this clown does this clown have bars? Nobody, yeah. nobody ever wondered. But See, I uh, feel like lost. that's how she felt about the 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 Wienermobile. Was just, you know, everyone sees the Wienermobile. No one lets me drift in the Wienermobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, everybody just sees this for what it is, but not what it could be. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening, to the audience, and as always, you're welcome. Hey, mister, I'm I'm five years old. Do you oh. have any advice on getting big? Hey, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing here. Sure, you might be five. Might be your birthday. You might be feeling on top of the world. But just know, That's at any birthday. moment, life can crush you. You see this balloon? 
you see this little yeah. dog I made for you? I asked you his name his his name is Shaggy. Shaggy. Well, it'd be a real shame if all of a sudden Shaggy just happened to <gasps> That's what life will do to you, okay? I don't make the rules, okay? Life is a cruel game and everyone's no playing. Pop me. Yeah, if someone doesn't do it, hey, you might pop yourself. You might forget that Shaggy's on the chair and you might go to sit down one day and just pop him yourself. Life is, is cruel. Is the cruel game football? Because I never get picked first for football. I'm it's already okay begun. for soccer. <laughs> yeah. Kid, there's rules on the football field. There's rules on the soccer field. But guess what? There's no rules in life. What? You might get picked last in those sports, but in life, you might not get picked at all. Oh, I thought you meant I could just, like, get all the cake I could eat. Because there's no rules. Oh, shit. I forgot it was your birthday. Ah, uh, fuck. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, shit. Um, here, I'll make you another, uh, I'll make you another shaggy dog here, okay? Uh, can can you also put a couple dollars in the swear jar? Because... Yeah, I think some of those are swears. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, please don't, please don't tell your mom. I, I mean, I think your life is pretty good. What? You drive a cool clown car. You think you the path blinders? Animals. Cool? Yeah, I guess. And, and like. I don't know. The more I think about that unlimited cake thing, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I want to be you when I grow up. Oh Jesus Christ! Um. Uh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Life is pretty awesome for me. Uh. And uh, you would be lucky to have a life like like mine one day. Uh. Uh. Small child. Uh, yeah. Um. Everything is good. Everything is better when you're older. Uh, no matter how things, how bad things are now, um, just know that it, it gets better. Okay. Uh. I I just want to say that all the money from the swear jar goes to like the children's hospital. Oh, so I I don't think you're a bad person for swearing. I just I accept you for who you are. God. Where did you learn how to talk like this? I, I just say the first thing that comes into my head. I'm I'm five. Oh, you're brilliant beyond your years. Do you do you want cake? I um I have to go. I've been here for fifteen minutes longer than I was supposed to. Um, I kind of got lost in the. It's in ice the cream whole... cake, so you have yeah. to eat it fast, no, or else it'll I'm... melt. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Well, make make sure my mom gives you a party bag because there's some super balls in it, and it's the the best of the fancy balls. Thank you. Also, my mom keeps looking at you funny, and then looking at your shoes. I was wondering if I was imagining that, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. She did. Uh, she did say some some strange things to me earlier, on the way in, about my shoe size. 
uh-huh. like a password because there was a password to get into the party. I just assume you knew the password. I, I've got more questions than answers at this point. I really do. Um, but yeah, I'll be sure to, to grab a bag from your mom. Maybe you just need to get okay with not knowing and existing in the quiet. What? How are you better than my actual therapist? I'm just keeping it real. You want a Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Happy birthday. Everyone likes Super Bowls. Hey, you have a good party. You have a good party. Thank you. It's my birthday. Punch Up Your Life has been a stupid fancy production in partnership with Showbiz Monkeys. The show was hosted and created by Andrew Lazat. You can find Andrew on Twitter and Instagram as at ThinLazat, or check us out on Facebook at Punch Up Your Life. Theme music was composed and performed by Leif Ingerbritsen, photography by Tyra Sweet, and artwork was designed by Todd Graham. The show was produced, edited, fact-checked, and all questions and tangents were researched by me, Matt Ardell. Please remember to like and subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know which stories you'd like to see get made into a film, or pitch us your own story. Who knows? You could end up being the next guest of the show. Thanks for listening, and remember, you are the hero of your own story. Story.